Good morning, good morning. It's great to worship God, isn't it? In spirit and in truth, it's good. Have you ever, uh, I guess, heard of or been watching a television program and they break into the broadcast and they say that we are interrupting this program to bring you the special report. Have you ever heard of that? Okay. Well, that's what I believe that James is doing. You know, we're teaching through the epistle of James, and we're in the third chapter, around the 13th verse. And I believe that James is telling the, the Christian Jews dispersed abroad, he's telling them that I am interrupting your normal Christianity to bring you the special report from the Lord. And then he goes on to tell them, you know, that we want you to count it all joy when you fall into various trials and and temptations because you know that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And you need to let patience have its perfect work that you'll be uh, perfect and complete and, and uh, liking nothing. And so if you, if you, if you know, if you have uh, any doubts about what is happening in you, then, then, you know, you need some wisdom. Pray and ask God. And God gives liberally and he uh, doesn't find fault. He just is going to answer you. But he said, now, if you're going to ask, I want you to ask in faith. Nothing doubting. Because if your doubt is like a, a wave tossed to and fro, you know, uh, you know, you're not really ha- walking in faith when you are doubting. So you need to, when you pray, ask in faith. And nothing doubting. And, and the Lord will answer you. But now, if you don't, if you start doubting, then don't think you're going to get anything from the Lord because uh, the Lord is not pleased with a double-minded man because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He says that, you know, blessed is the man who really endures doing trials and, and temptations. He goes on to say, I'm interrupting your normal Christianity because I want you to understand that, you know, if things are happening and they're not going your way, don't blame God when you're tempted because God can't be tempted with evil, can he? No, he can't. And he says that what I want you to realize is that people are tempted when they are drawn away and enticed by their own passions or their own lusts, their own desires. And then they sin. Because when, 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 when it's... Uh, when all that seed is, it, 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 you fall into temptation, and that seed, what it'll produce is sin, and sin is going to lead to death. And he said, now, look, the word of God is very important. You need to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. You can't be just like a man who looks in the mirror and see his face and then go away and forget what you, what you saw. You have to look intently in the perfect law of liberty so you can understand and walk in what you have seen, which is the word of God. 
He said those things. Then he said that it's very important that we don't show partiality. He said, now, normal Christianity is going to show partiality. I don't want you to show partiality because when, when people come into your body and your congregation, then you can't treat people a little different just because one is wearing this and somebody's wearing that. You know, somebody looks like they're rich, somebody looks like they're poor, you know, and you tell the rich man, you know, you sit here and the poor man, you sit in the foot. So you can't do that because, see, that there's sin. And you can't uh, really walk in part of the word and then part of the word you don't walk in, you know, walk in all of the word of God because we're going to be judged by the Word of God. He says that judgment without mercy is going to be merciless without with those who haven't shown any mercy, in other words. He says those things. So all we're doing is just reviewing chapter 1, chapter 2. And he tells them, say, look, now, I'm going to interrupt your, I'm going I'm to interrupt your normal Christianity now. You know, faith without works is dead. You realize that, don't you? Faith without works is dead. I'm interrupting that stuff. You have to realize that the report from the Lord says that, you know, if you're going to have faith, you know, you're going to have some works behind it. You know? Then he goes into chapter 3 and he tells us that, oh, my goodness gracious, I'm interrupting your normal Christianity because, see, what you believe normal Christianity is not really Christianity at all because we're supposed to be like Jesus Christ. And the tongue is very important. And the tongue will set on fire your whole life. And it's a spiritual thing. And you can't be sowing seeds that's going to lead to destruction for you or your family or your finances or things like that. You're going to have to realize that the tongue is very important. And you have to yield to the Holy Spirit for him to brighter that tongue. He's interrupting our normal Christianity. And he's telling us, starting in verse 13, let's look at it, that... We are faced with two types of wisdom. Wisdom from above and wisdom from the earth. Let's look at it. Verse 13 reads, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds with gentleness or wisdom. Now James seems to be a stickler on walking out what you profess to believe. He keeps saying it, and he keeps saying it, and he keeps saying it. In all the different areas, he keeps saying it. Now, when he's talking about wisdom from above, he's talking about divine wisdom. He's not talking about earthly wisdom. He's not talking about that particular wisdom that we get from going to school, the type of wisdom that we are studying and, and uh, we become proficient at, at something. He's not talking about that type of wisdom. That wisdom is... is is, is, you know, founded in, in, in earth and founded in man. He's not talking about that type of wisdom. He's talking about the wisdom that's from above, the divine wisdom, and it comes because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ being shed on my heart and all the treasures of wisdom is hid in Jesus Christ. He's talking about that type of wisdom. And see, wisdom that he's talking about is only going to come through Jesus Christ. But there is a different type of wisdom also. When he talks about understanding, uh, he's talking about really uh, having abilities and having some skill and being able to put it into practical use, but he's still talking about God. Things dealing with God. Meekness. He says in 
in meekness, in gentleness of wisdom. Then, then you know, revised standard says. But I'm, I'm translated as meekness. King James said meekness. Now, think about it. What is meekness? What is meekness? Because it's a meekness of wisdom. What is, meek, what is meekness? It's humility. That's correct. It's humility. Yeah. What's humility? Is that? And we're talking about a state of, we're talking about a state of mind. See, humility is really not, not the way I walk. It's not the way I talk. It's not the way I, I act towards you. It's not a relational type of thing with people. Even though it works out that way, you can see the manifestations of it that way. But really, uh, meekness or, or humility is a, it's, it's a work of grace in the soul. That's what it is. It comes by God alone. It's like I give the picture all the time, the word picture, of just a, a, a I've told you before, just a, a wild stallion. And it just, it, it, it hasn't lost in its strength, even though English, we think in the English word, humility or meekness is weakness. It's not. It's really strong strength. It takes strength to have meekness. You can't have meekness and you're weak. You can't have it. Because meekness will be able to bear or forbear, really, anger, that comes against you. You'll be able to forbear it. You'll be able to not even respond to it. That's meekness. You're in control. You're in control because it's a work of the soul. And see, we normally think we're humble, but when something comes against us, we react a certain way, and that is when we tell whether we are humble or not. When things come against us, when someone does something that we don't think that they should have done, they just pluck our last nerve. And that's when we'll find out whether you're meek or whether you're weak. In meekness of wisdom, of strength, of character. Let's go a little further. Verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. Bitter. Bitter jealousy. What is he talking about? Something that's harsh, something that's cruel. Jealousy is... is Basically, uh, he's talking about envy, he's talking about anger. He's talking about things that cause strife in relationships. That's what he's talking about. And God doesn't want that. That's not wisdom from above. Anything that causes contention, anything that causes uh, uh, you to be trying to Protect your self-interest rather than God's interest is selfish ambition. So boast not. Glory not. Don't lie. 
Don't speak falsely or deceitfully. You need to agree with what actually has appeared. You have a problem. So don't lie about it. You have a problem. Let's go a little further. It says that this wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly. Earthly. It's not that which comes down from heaven. It's not that which comes down from the divine sources. This wisdom, when you start having any kind of contention, when you start having any kind of uh, uh, self-interest where you, you, you have strife and stuff that's going on, that type of wisdom is of the earth. In other words, it springs from worldly principles. It springs from that which is in man. It originates in man. It's our natural fallen tendency. It's the central part of man. What we see, what we hear, what we speak, what we taste, what we feel, you know, is, is that the central part of man that we react on basically that which we feel. Doesn't have anything to do with God. It has to do with how, what we feel. What's bothering us? He says that's, that type of wisdom is natural. You see, he's saying that you can't respond any kind of way you want to respond. You're going to respond one or two ways. You're going to respond with the wisdom of the world, or you're going to respond with wisdom from above. What type of way are you going to respond? That's going to tell you what is of. Is it of the earth, or is it from heaven? This happens all the time, doesn't it? See, we want to gratify our own desires, whatever that may be. Whether it be to, be to be recognized, and that's when you have selfish ambition. We are bent that way if it were not for the Holy Spirit. If it's not being saved in a work of grace in our heart, we are bent that way. The world can't react but any other way. Any other way. We were in an in, in uh, automobile the other day, and we were um, in a parking lot, in a supermarket, and we were going straight, and somebody came out of a, out, you know how you go through spaces, and uh, you just shoot on out. Uh, they shot out in front of us. And... Um, I was not driving, uh, but I was just riding and observing. And <laughs> and, and a person, uh, they uh, got upset with the people who cut through the spaces and cut out in front of them. And so they kind of toot the horn. You know, well, not they didn't toot, but you know what, what, what we mean by you, You've done it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, lay on the horn. You just let them know that, hey, you know, what you did is not right. And I was watching this man respond, and boy, his mouth was just moving, you know. He has windows up, thank God. And so <laughs> his mouth was just moving, you know. Uh, and, and his facial expression was not one of joy, you know. <laughs> That man can't help but act that way, you know, because 
if, 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 he, if, he has, if, if he doesn't have the Holy Spirit working in his life, he's going to just react according to the wisdom of the world. Yeah. And this is going to be according to the way you've been. But we as Christians, we can't do that. And so I'm trying to learn myself that I don't care what anyone does. Uh, it, it's not going to cause me to sin. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't care what anyone does. They can't cause you to sin. You can cause you to sin because of what is not in your heart or what's in your heart. You see? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will do what? Speak. There is wisdom from above. And then it says here that not only is it says that this comes this doesn't come from above, but is earthly. It's natural what natural man does. It is bent. But then he says something that's, that's real odd. He says it's demonic. He says demonic. Now that puts a whole different slant on things. If James would have left it as this is from the earth, it's natural. I can understand that. And, you know, you can receive that. You can say, well, you know, I understand sometimes, you know, I, I, I get in the flesh, you know, I understand that. You know. That's natural. You know. We all get in the flesh, you know, sometimes. I'm working on it. But when he tells me it's demonic, then I start getting, wait a minute, wait a minute. What you mean it's demonic? You mean to tell me I'm influenced by demons? When, when, when I'm reacting a certain way? When I'm, I'm, you know, get start having this desire because this is what I believe God has called me to do and you won't allow me to, to do what God has called me to do. And so, therefore, uh, I start kind of maneuvering, you know, to get my way. You know, you all know what we're talking about because, you know, uh, uh, people do that in, in, in their homes, right? Because we're talking about homes. The church is just a, a larger family. And so we do that. Husbands do it. Wives do it. Children do it. Don't they? They try to maneuver to get their way. They'll go to one parent. They don't get the right answer. They'll go to another. <laughs> they know how to maneuver. We know how to maneuver. You know, God, is, God has made uh, women very sensitive, and that's very good. We need it. Um, uh, sensitive uh, the part of, of us because men are not as sensitive. Uh, seem like we don't have a clue sometimes of things. Uh, uh, but see, women, when you when you say some something that that it doesn't sit too well with them, they start crying. Ooh, you know. <laughs> I'm serious, you know. I'm serious. And it can affect a person who really doesn't know the person, you know, or if you don't know women. It, it, it affects you, and you want to, well, okay, all right. Have your way, sweetheart. It's all right. We'll we do this, you know. Okay. Yeah. Women, y'all not like it at all. Y'all not like it at all. Y'all don't cry, do you? Y'all tough, right? Right. right. And men know how to do the same thing. But we do it differently, don't we, men? 
We don't cry. We just pout, right? <laughs> we do, you know. Don't we? Come on now. Tell the truth. We, we do things. We know how to get to our wives. We know how to get what we want, you know. Too hard. You hungry? No, I'm not even hungry. No, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. Too hard. I got cooked dinner for you. No, you were hungry before. I'm not hungry now. I don't want anything. <laughs> I don't want anything. <laughs> Starving, you know. <laughs> These things go on in households. And this wisdom is not from above. It's not from above. And we have to learn that that some wisdom is, you know, demonically induced. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. And let's just show you what we're talking about. Verse 1, let's start there. But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times some will fall away from the faith. They were in the faith, but they fell away from the faith. Paying attention to deceitful spirits and the doctrines of demons. Now this is Timothy and who was talking to Timothy? Paul. And Paul was telling Timothy. So Timothy, you know, is listening to this thing. Let's look at 1 John, chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out of the world, gone out into the world. So some spirits are not of God. I don't care what mouth they're coming out of. They're not from God all the time. So you have to have discerning of spirits, which is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember... Uh, Jesus, he was talking to one of his apostles, and he said, uh, Get behind me, Satan. That's a hard word, isn't it? Was he talking into the air, and nobody was standing around? Who was he talking to? Yeah, he was. So, Jesus, don't, don't you do that now. Don't you, <laughs> don't you go tell somebody, you know, Get behind me, Satan. You know, don't do that, you know. You got to be wise. Okay. I'm just trying to let you know that sometimes what we say is not from God, from a different spirit. Sometimes even the teachings that we have are not from God. They are from demons. So that's why you need to be under authority. You need to be uh, have somebody to, to pass things by because you don't know sometimes. You think you have a revelation. And it is a revelation, but it's not from God. It's from demons. And you're trying to share it with somebody. You know? 
And some people want to hear new things. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything new. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't want to hear anything new. If it's not written, no need to tell me. Is that right? I don't want to hear anything new. The Holy Spirit is going to tell me those things that, uh, he's going to remind me of those things that Jesus told me. So, what I want to hear something new for? You say, well, well, you might have a different understanding. You want some new understanding. Well, that's fine, but I'm going to test it out. I'm not going to just believe something because it sounds new. Yeah. No, uh-uh. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to pass it by. Those who I'm under authority with and those who are surround me and say, hey, look, this is something I got. What do you think? It's important in households uh, husband and wives, make sure you pass things by each other. Wives specifically, make sure you pass things by your husband so that, you know, um, see what they sense about it. Children, teens, make sure you pass things by your parents. There's safety in that. Because you're in school, some of your teachers will tell you something, anything, unless you're homeschooled. They'll tell you something, anything. You need to pass that thing by you. Your parents. Verse 16. For, there, for, there, for where there is jealousy and selfish ambition. Now, I believe that he's mentioning two things. Obviously, we know that, that there are more things than this. But he says, for where there, for where jealousy and selfish ambition is this, there is disorder in every evil thing. And disorder is confusion. Yeah. You, can, you, can have, you can create confusion in your house, parents, when, you have, when, when one parent is telling the child this and another parent is telling them that. And you say, we say the same thing in our household, or do you? Because a lot of times it's not what you say with your mouth, but it's what you say by what you do. Because what you do speaks louder than what you say. So you have to be very careful to be sending the same message. Because then there's confusion. In a church it can be the same way. There can be confusion in a church. If we don't lead in a proper way that everyone understands that the leadership is on the same page. And everybody in under that leadership need to be on the same page because that's unity. It's not confusion. Unless we're telling you something that's not the word of God. If it's not the word of God, then you have someone who can go higher than us. Uh, you can call my mentor and talk to him. You know, call GCI and let them know, you know, that the elders are doctrinally in error. And they'll, they'll check on it. That's safety. That's safety. You can have the same confusion when there is no clear way to go. The result is everyone doing what's right in their own eyes, like in Judges. You remember in Judges, chapter 21, the last uh, part of Judges there, it says in those days there was no king. So everybody did what? What was right in their own 
eyes. And so we as leaders, what we're, we're doing even now is we are preparing for going into this new building. We don't want to go into this new building with the same old, same old. We just transfer into another building. You know, we are revamping everything. We're looking at everything, turning everything upside down. We change the name of the church. If, if God tells us to change the word of the church, change the name of the church. Matter of fact, I asked the uh, elders and leaders, I said, do you want to change the name of the church? You know, I'm serious. Yeah. We didn't think so, so we didn't, you know. But we're, we're looking at everything because we're going to be in unity. That's why we haven't started in the home groups yet, in any in in type of groups yet, because we're preparing. And we met yesterday all day, not all day, from 7.30 in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon, it's most of the day, and we are going over trying to put everything that has a place where this fit, where this fit. We want to simplify things because we're concerned about you because, uh, and us too. We don't want you going to 5th, 11 different meetings, you know, asking you, you know, hey, uh, we got this going on, you got that going on, next week we got this going on, that going on, and, you know, you don't have time to do all these things, you know. So what things do we really want you to do? What is God calling for? So we asked, the, you know, the leaders and elders to pray before they came, of course, and, and uh, so we've been doing that. And we made a good stab at it, but we haven't finished yet. So we're going to meet again next month, in the next month, and, and go at it again all day. We're going to get it done because we care about what God is calling us to do. When we hit a new building, it's going to be some things that's going to be new, going to be different. It's a new, it's not new, it's different. We're not going to be doing the same old haphazard thing where everybody's doing this, they're doing that, that, and this, that. No, we're going to try to order things where it's, it's good. And once we order it, then you can sit back and say, okay, we have some freedom now, and let's, let's go ahead and let the Holy Spirit lead. But sometimes the Holy Spirit can't lead because you've got, you got to be doing too much. Have you heard of people you can't hear, hear the voice of God because you're too busy? Yeah. He's trying to talk. He's telling you something, but you can't, can't hear him. Sometimes he talks in a, in a, in a sometimes he answers in a small, small, still voice, doesn't he? Sometimes. So you got to be listening. You know? Every evil work comes in that, that way. Every evil work. I'm going to give you an example of something that happened to me when I was a, a one of the, I was a, um, Elder, I guess about about 10 years ago or so, I don't know how long ago. No, it was longer than that. It was about 20 years ago, maybe. Something like that. 18 years ago, something like that. Um, in the eldership, we decided that um, the elders weren't going to have another home group. We weren't going to lead any more home groups. We were going to let people lead the home groups. That did not sit well with me uh, because I know that God has called me to work with people. And to help them move from A to B to C to E and they're on down, you know. And I said, my goodness gracious, I can't work with anybody, man. What am I going to do? You know? Because, you know, I wasn't a teaching elder. I was just, you know, elder. So what am I going to do? Just come to church and sit, man, I, I got to do something, you know. Uh, and that was a test for me. Because... If God has called me to do something, he's called you to do something. Do you believe he can bring it to pass? 
Yeah, you can. And so I said, okay, God, I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to, it's your, it's your church, it's your people, you know, I got just be in peace on the situation. And so I didn't do anything, nothing, you know, for a long time. And then after a long time, a thought came to me. So I had to test it out and see where that thought was from because we would have different spirits, right? So I asked the pastor, I said, look, uh, and now the elders, uh, this thought came to me. We can't lead the home groups. Can I disciple anybody? Yeah, you can disciple them. That's fine, you know. Suppose, suppose, you know, I'm discipling more than one person. It doesn't matter, you know, as long as you're not running a home group in the church. Oh, not in the church. Whew, then that, that's hard because where are you going to meet people except in the church? You know? So I said, okay, praise God. So from that point, I said, okay, God, now, if you want me to disciple somebody, if it's from you, then you're going to have to bring them a pass because they can't be in the church. You know? And this man came one time he visited the church. He wasn't interested in the church. We all knew that he wasn't interested in the church. He just came to a special event. Uh, he, 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 was a, he was a Mennonite, really. He had his own church. And, and Mennonite churches, don't, don't, they don't have the same doctrine as our church. And, um, you know, I spoke to him, you know. And um, I said, hey, sometime I give you a call. He said, that's fine, you know. So one time I gave him a call, and he said, well, hey, I'm busy, you know. I'll get back with you. Oh, I heard that before. Have you heard that before? Somebody said, they get back with you. Yeah. I said, they didn't get back with me. About three months later, I got a call. They said, hey, this is so-and-so. I said, who? And so-and-so. He said, do you remember you met me one time? I came over there just to, to the special program, you know. Uh, I was entering the church, but I didn't. I said, oh, yeah, I remember you. Uh, he said, I told you I'd get back with you. I got back with you. So I said, you want to get together? I said, yeah, we'll get together. So we got together and talked. And he told me that he was always looking for somebody to disciple him. I said, what? I said, okay. He said, I have so many questions, you know, because in our, in our faith, in our midnight faith, I mean, we, you know, but I never talked to anybody, you know, especially to, you know, work around. So I said, okay, we'll do that. He said, I got a brother, too. And uh, his family, can they come? I said, yeah, ain't come. So I went out there in the woods, you know, I went way out there, you know, and uh, I started meeting. And I uh, would start working with them. And, man, it was such a blessing to me because I was able to do something that God had called me to do. And it, it fit in with what I was allowed to do, you know, gave freedom to do. I was, I was still on authority. I was operating on my own authority. And uh, what came out of that is that uh, the brother ended up leaving the Mennonite church and, and it started coming to... Other churches, I don't know where they are now. They're, they're still in Lynchburg, uh, but they are, they are now part of, you know, like other churches, Word of Faith, Faith Church, some, some type of churches now, because they, they are spirit filled, you know. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing what God did. You, couldn't, you wouldn't even have thought that with, with your wildest imagination that a midnight is going to be spirit filled, you know. Uh, it, might, it might be some spirit filled midnight, but, but I'm telling you what God did. But it, all, it only came because I decided that. God, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to operate on authority. I'm not going to cause any confusion. I'm not going in a direction on my own. 
I'm not doing something on my own here. If, 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 if you want me to do something, then the elders, the, the pastors, they're going to approve it. If they don't approve it, I'm not going to do it. You know? Because after all, it's his work, isn't it? Can you do that in your home? Can you rest in that if whoever's in charge of your home, some of you in single-parent homes, some of you are married, if your husband said, no, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do this, can you rest in it and know that God will bring it to pass if it's to be brought to pass? Can you rest teenagers, Brianna, with your parents when they said, tell you, no, you're going to be homeschooled? He says, oh, I don't want to be homeschooled. Can you rest and say, well, if God wants me in the school, he'll change their mind, you know? You got to be able to rest in whatever you're going through because God is able to change it in a time. You don't cause confusion in the workplace just because somebody got promoted, you didn't, or just because, you, you know, your salary didn't increase or whatever the situation is. You don't belong to the world or the world system. You belong to God. God can change anything. Anything. He can change your mate. He can change your children. He can change children. He can change your parents. He can change your, your job situation. He can change anything he wants to change. He is God. So we got to learn that the enemy, what he wants to do is to cause confusion in relationships. He wants to cause confusion in your family, in your workplace, in your church. He wants to cause confusion where you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're doing what you want to do, which is selfish, which is like selfish ambition. You don't want to do that. I wouldn't be here today if, if I would have done that. David is an example of that. He didn't do his own thing, did he? He didn't say, I was a, I'm anointed, so Saul, uh, evil spirit already come upon you, but I had to play to keep the evil spirit off you. I'm not going to play anymore. I'm going to let him jump all over you, you know? <laughs> no, he, he honored the king, you know, he honored the man of God, and he had to, you know, kind of stay out of the way of the spear because God wanted to kill him. Uh, but he waited until God said, Nan's time, David. Matter of fact, he asked God, hey, God, did you want me to go up here? You, you, what do you want me to do here? You know? God is able, isn't he? Rest in God, people. Don't cause confusion. You know? Unity. God loves unity. Satan doesn't. Demons don't. Okay? Let's go a little further. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. He told us what the wisdom of the world is like, earthly, demonic. Now he's telling us, oh, my goodness gracious, here is the wisdom that is from above. Divine wisdom. That's what he's telling us. And if we look at Psalm 111, 10, verse 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, oh, yes, it is. See, it doesn't have anything to do with it. Oh, you know, I took this class in casting out demons, you know. So therefore, I can cast them out, you know. 
No. I did take a class, though. Took two of them. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding of all those who do his commandments. And that's how it started out, isn't it? Who is wise and understanding among you? Who is? Who's wise and understanding among us? Those who fear the Lord and walk in his commandments. If you don't, you can have all the learning you want to learn. And still won't be wise from above. Colossians. Well, let's go to, I've already quoted Colossians. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.24. But to those who have been called, both the Jews and the Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. It's Christ. It's Christ. Everything's in Christ. Everything's in Christ. It's pure. It's pure. It's without defilement. Holy. Not mixed with the world's principles. Free from known sin and pressing into uh, being changed. Pressing into holiness. Pressing into sanctification. It's peaceable. What's peaceable? A mind that's inclined towards a quiet, Calm, undisturbed state of the soul, which is the work of grace. Matter of fact, it says in John, the Gospel of John, verse um, 27, chapter 14, what does it say? Let's look at it. 1427. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. God has given us peace, hasn't he? So if Jesus has left us with peace, that means a quiet, an undisturbed state of our soul. Why are we getting all passionate and excited and out of sorts with people and situations we know that God's in control. We don't have to do that. We're not, we're not operating in the flesh. We're not operating on the world's wisdom system. We're not operating on demonic uh, wisdom. We're operating in, world, in, in, the, in, in the wisdom from above, which is divine wisdom. Peaceable. Quiet. Second Timothy 3.10. Let's look there. Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, sufferings, such as happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions I endured out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So we don't have to be concerned about our situation. We can count it all joy, can't we? Because we know this, this is our lot, and there's no problem with that, you know. God will bring us through this thing. All we have to do is trust, lean on, and rely on him. It's full of mercy. Full of mercy. Are we showing mercy to people? It's full of mercy. 
are we, are we you know, have a short temper. We, 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 uh, we're not lenient with people. We're kind of hard on people, you know. We, we expect them to toe the line, you know. When they don't please us, then we don't have no use for them. Come on, that's not full of mercy. Ready to pass over a transgression. Ready to forgive somebody. These things are from above. Without partiality. When it says unwavering, it's without partiality. And we went through that because he said it also in the second chapter of James. It's not a hypocrite. Don't have enough hypocrisy in it. The wisdom from above. We don't put on an act. What you see is what you get. You know, when they first were uh, first used before the New Testament time, it meant to that I was inexperienced in, a, in, a, in being an actor. That's what it meant. Hypocrisy. But in the New Testament time, it started being meaning that somebody who, you know, they they act one way, but then they're a different way. We should never be under a mask. What you see is what you get. What I say is what I mean. You know? I'm not going to put on any airs, act like I like you if I don't like you. You know? Right? And so the thing is that you're supposed to love everybody. Right? You might not like some of the things we do. I might not like some of the things you do. But that's okay. Uh, I'm not your judge. Am I? No, I'm not your judge. You're not mine. You're not anybody else's. So, hey, all I can do is encourage you. All I can do is try to, uh, you know, help you, pray for you. That's about all I can do. That's all you can do for me. Show me a better example. You know, if you don't want somebody doing something, make sure you're walking in a way that they can look at your example and glorify God. Verse 18. It ends there, where we're going to end. It says that, And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. He's talking about, again, the wisdom from above versus wisdom from the earth. Demonic wisdom. He says that, the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace. So we have to sow our seed. If we want the fruit of righteousness, we have to, we have to sow that seed in peace. The environment, the, the ground has to be peace by those who make peace. A peacemaker is somebody who has the peace of God in their heart. There is a work of grace in their heart, but also they're trying to help somebody else to do the same thing. And their life is a testimony of that peace. Undisturbed before God. I don't know why James teaches us hard, hard messages, you know. But I, I really truly believe that he, he he's really trying to tell us that, hey, um, I'm interrupting what you think is normal Christianity, and I'm I'm trying to give you this, this special report. God is not like this. So I want to I, I want you to see what what Christ is like because you're supposed to be conformed to His image, and I want you walking that way. I believe that's what he's doing. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you and we praise you.
We give you the glory, Lord, for your word, Lord. We know your word is good. We know your word is sound. We know your word, Father, is merciful, Lord. You wouldn't be telling us this. We wouldn't even have it to read if you didn't want us to know, Lord. But you want us to know because you care so much for us. You love us so much, Lord. I personally, Lord, I want to have that wisdom from above. I want my life to be an example of wisdom from above. And I know that the congregation wants the same thing. Help us, Lord, to yield to the Spirit of Almighty God, to work grace in our souls, work peace in our souls. Keep showing us, Holy Spirit, the perfect law of liberty. Keep showing us, Lord, what Christ is like. That we may keep our eyes off each other and get off track, thinking that we are better, thinking that we are worse, thinking that we are the same. Either way, we are off track. Because the example, the standard is the word of God. It's Jesus Christ. It's the cornerstone. Help us, Lord, to do that. Help us to do that starting today when we leave this church. Help us to do it while we're in the church. Help us to, particularly in our homes, Lord, in the four walls of our home and a roof, Lord, where the closed doors that, Father, we exemplify the wisdom from above. That our mouth speak, Lord, grace. Mercy, good fruit, Lord. Let it happen in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen.